Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. And uh, joining me today on the show is NVK from um, Cold Card Wallet. I wanted to get uh, somebody on talking about hardware wallets because getting a lot of questions about, um, you know, what is it? What does it do? How does it work? Why is it important? So we kept this one really, really basic. And I learned a hell of a lot. And uh, I know you guys are going to appreciate this one, whether you're really brand new to the space or whether you're thinking about setting up a wallet or whether you already got one and might be looking for another one and don't have one of these yet and um, might be looking to check it out and um, just learn more about the terminology and how they work. So um, we'll get into this one, but don't forget, um, head over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten if you have access to the UK banking system. Set up your DCA account. That's auto buy. Just start stacking some sats, and uh, you know, set up like a, a weekly, a weekly or a daily buy, five, ten, fifteen pounds, whatever it is, and set it and forget it, and you'll be pleased you did one day in the future. That's for sure. Enjoy the show, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll speak again. Um, I'll speak to you after after the show, and um, with my final comments. Take care. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me today is uh, NVK from Cold Card Wallet. And um, I'd really like to say thank you uh, for the time. You know, you're going to give up and do this interview. I think this is a really important topic. I'm getting asked so many questions from um, new people coming into Bitcoin about, you know, but what is this hardware wallet and um, what does it mean? So, NVK, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. It's my pleasure. As usual, Lauren is here to ask the first question. Hi. And uh, it's going to be all around because um, this subject, right? When, when, it's on live, right? Well, I don't know. What, what, what question did you want to ask? Oh, yeah. What a hard head wallet. Hard head wallet. Sorry, I can't say it. <laughs> hard, hardware wallets. Hardware wallets. Yeah. That's, it's that's a tongue twister. There we go. It's, it's confusing, isn't it? Because yes. you think a wallet is like your purse that you take to the shops with some money in, yeah? As many people do. So That's hardware. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your question? Yeah, that's my question. What's a hardware wallet? Yeah. Okay. So a hardware wallet is essentially a little device that's like purposely made to sign transactions. There's not much to it. People sort of overcomplicate. Um, but imagine something like this, your computer is full of viruses and, you know, there's all kinds of like privacy problems with it and it's connected to the internet. So what we did is we make a little device that has the secret in it so that your computer doesn't have to see the secret and accidentally lose it. That's it. Does that make any sense? I'm, uh, yeah. And I'm amazed that exists. Because I didn't, if, wait, if you didn't think of this, then the hard... Wear wallet. Yeah, wear wallet won't be here. It, it wouldn't exist. Yeah. Uh, um, so so the, the idea of having uh, what essentially is a hardware security module, right, at HSM, um, is not new, right? So the idea of having secrets... Uh, capped in a in a device that's made to do computer secrets separate from the computers that do the business logic, right? So, kind of like uh, imagine imagine you have like a checkbook, right? All your checks yeah. are there, and then you have a pen, right? The pen. Imagine that without the pen, you can't sign the checks, right? You keep the two separate, yeah. in a way, right? Uh, so, so this concept has existed for for decades, right? Um, the idea of keeping it separate. Um, there's been uh, uh, there's been a few, there's been quite a few other hardware wallets uh, in the Bitcoin space. Um, we were the first to make a server version of a hardware wallet, right? This was many, many, many years ago. 
Uh, there's been consumer ones around for for some time, uh, but then when we closed down our our server version service, uh, we were not very happy with the ones that were on the market. So uh, we made one for ourselves, essentially. Okay, now I know what you're talking about because sometimes I see Daddy doing some banking and I see this little mm-hmm. thing, this little red thing with buttons on it. I was like, "What's that for?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's like little reason to use that. Well, there you go. Now, now you know a little bit more. Well, Yay. do you want to say uh, thank you to uh, yeah, Enrique? Thank you and goodbye. Well, thank thank you for asking a good question. Thank you for answering. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, it's my pleasure. And uh, it's it's a really um, yeah, it's a good topic. I, I want to get right down to like the the basics. Um, you know, to scratch some of my own itches, of course. But uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, um, lots of questions coming in around. Mm-hmm. You know, what is a, a hardware wallet? And people entering the the space for the first time. My God, it's uh, it's very daunting. It's daunting. Yes, it is. Uh... It, 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 it all comes down to sort of like uh, more fundamental problems. That it's like a fundamental shift, right? Um, being your own bank means you incur all the risk, right? Aside from all the complication, the technology, anything like that, right? But once you personally incur all the risk on anything, right? Is that it's a whole other sort of universe, right? Now you have to sort of think about all the aspects of it, like completely like the whole banana right you can't just say ah you know I, I can always sort of reverse or whatever it is right it's uh it's a big uh paradigm shift and uh it's gonna take a, a long time and, and i don't believe everybody's gonna go along with it either i think it's gonna be a subset of of the population that will go with it uh very similar to what it really is mm-hmm. so a lot of work is being done at the moment around um making it very easy for new people to come in. And um, a lot of good companies, Bitcoin, purely Bitcoin-only companies, making it easy, you know, Bitcoin-only exchanges, mm-hmm. Bitcoin um, DCA services, which are awesome. This is great. This is going to help people um, start stacking sets. But at one stage, they are going to go down the self-custody rabbit hole. Could you just explain in like simplest terms, I know you've already done with Lauren, why that is so important. So um, aside from the the economical upside that Bitcoin could bring to your life, let's forget that for a moment, right? Let's just talk about self-sovereignty. Kind of like the whole point of getting into Bitcoin is that you have true ownership of, of, your, of your store of value, right? Of, of your asset. Um, and... If you're going from fiat, which is essentially just IOUs on the bank, and you're going to Bitcoin on an exchange, which is just IOU for Bitcoin, you're not really gaining anything aside from the financial upside, uh, which you could still get, say the exchange doesn't rob you or whatever, right? Um, You could still make the money that way, but... um, You're not really, you know, if you don't control the keys, it's not your Bitcoin. The same way fiat is not yours unless the cash is in the bank, right? Sorry, unless the cash is in your own safe. And even then it's still cash. But let's say gold, right? If you have possession of the gold, the gold is yours, right? If you ha- if you don't have possessions of the keys and it's only you who have the keys, then the Bitcoin are not yours either. So, but but because Bitcoin is so complicated, it really is, right? I mean, people trying to say it's simple, it's just, it's not. Because Bitcoin is so complicated, there's multiple steps, right? First, you have to sort of take the red pill, right? That like there is this magical internet money, right? That's that's gonna be around, right? Like that's a leap right there, right? It's insane. I mean, till today, I still find it amazingly like <laughs> insane. So you take the red pill. Now you have to understand how it works which is also another leap of, of understanding, right? I mean, people are not computer science majors, right? Or economists or cryptographers and, and everything else that's related to Bitcoin, right? And then uh, after you take those leaps, then you have to understand how the solutions to handle Bitcoin work, right? 
So you have the types of wallets, the types of signatures you can have, the, you know, single SIG, multi-SIG, you know, uh, legacy addresses, PEC32, blah, 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 right? Um, and then... Uh, and then you have to understand like what a, a like single purpose hardware device that's meant to hold keys does. And I mean, most engineers I know don't know how hardware works either. So it, it's like hardware on itself is, is it's like it's just so niche and it's so, so um, domain specific, right? The knowledge on that, that like, it, it, you know, it's been over 10 years now of Bitcoin and people are just starting to clue in about the term secure element. Right? So people haven't even got around to sort of even understanding it yet, right, properly and how it's trust minimized or not trust minimized, like how all the concepts around of it work. Uh, and then you have, you know, like the, like the competition sort of like also... Uh, between hardware wallets and things, sort of also making it more complicated by either feature baiting, right? So arguing about these features and and then you have all this pile on of people who have their own preferences. It is so messy, but so messy. Uh, and, and I personally don't think we're going to see any unmassing of it, any organizing of it, any cleaning up for a long time either um, because it's just such a complicated topic that I don't think many people will ever understand. Um, conceptually, people will, but I think it would be more akin to, say, electricity, right? You know, in the Gilded Age, like, they used to have the posters, right? Electricity kills. There's this magic thing, you know, that makes the trolleys go. But if you touch it, you die. You know, and people used to die of, of like, wires falling from the sky and they'll touch it on the ground and because nobody understood electricity, right? <laughs> they'll just die. It was all the time. Uh, but, and then you see today, you, you know, most people still don't understand really how electricity really works, but they get a sort of like a, a more abstract concept of it that, you know, like there is a kind of a circuit and you press the button and it does what that, and you're not supposed to touch here, you know, and, and we have a few protections like GFI, right? So there are you don't die with the the hair dryer in your bathtub, and so we we can, as an industry, sort of make it a little simpler. People also come from their side understanding a little better, but you know most people still don't understand how electricity works, and somehow society moves forward, right? Um, and, and anyway, so I think it's sort of like the same way with cryptography. Yeah. Yeah, good analogy. Um, okay, so lots of things to, to talk about. Um, what I want to kind of do is perhaps do like um, a journey of somebody that has started stacking and maybe they've got half to like one and a half Bitcoin on an exchange or something and are now like, hmm, I would rather I had control of, you know, they keep hearing these things, not your keys, not your coin. Like, yep. What does that mean? And they keep hearing like, you know, about hardware wallets and like, what does that mean? They keep hearing about seed phrases and, you know, what's my Bitcoin address and like all this weird shit that keeps coming at them. And they're like, you know, like, what does any of this mean? I thought I just, it was hard enough setting up the exchange. It was weird enough sending money to this like, you know, random company I'd never heard of before. <laughs> then it was like heart thumpingly strange, like exchanging my hard earned money for, you know, what you said, like this weird internet money. <laughs> And now you want me to to buy something which is like anywhere between fifty to one hundred fifty dollars, and then start using that. And put all to my wealth my in it. <laughs> 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 so, first of all, that person is in that mindset. They're like, "Screw it, I'm going to buy one of these things." Yes. And a cold card turns up in their in their post box. They unwrap it. What's the first thing they do? So. Just so people understand, uh, one little caveat here. We take things to its logical conclusion <laughs> as a company, right? It's no bullshit. Uh, and and we do use the sort of the paranoid, uh, more, more, uh, more, um, less, it, it's still user-friendly, 
but it is more involved approach, right? So if you're looking for more compromise, uh, there might be e easier stuff to use out there, right? We try to compromise the least. <laughs> That's how I like to put it. Um, so it's more trust minimized. So you get your cold card in the mail. You're very happy. You take your pictures. You post on Twitter. It seems to be what people do. Uh, <laughs> Why? Right? And yeah, it's uh, not great. Obsec. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, so so then uh, so then you know you inspect the bag, right? We, we and we have all this sort of written in our documentations, right? You can follow all the steps there, and and we're actually releasing lots of easy videos too. You open, uh, you check your bag. The bag looks good. Um, you you rip the bag. You take your cold card out. Um, you're going to plug it in into a battery supply. Uh, you could use it with the computer, but we don't recommend. Uh, we recommend air gap. True air gap means there is air around it. <laughs> it's not connected to a computer. USB is not air gapped, contrary to marketing out there. Uh so, so you plug it in, uh, the code card is going to sort of take you through a few steps, right? First, it's going to ask you uh, for you to double check that the bag, the, secu the, the secure tamper evident bag matches the, the memory of the device, right? So you check those two, it's, you know, you say, okay, yeah, matches. Um, and then it's going to ask you to create a pin, right? Uh, it's going to show you two words. These two words are designed to prevent any phishing. Uh, so nobody can impersonate your device. They cannot put a fake device in front of you uh, because only you and the device know those two words. And in order for them to ever get those two words, they would have to break the device anyways. And by then, might as well just steal the funds, right? So uh, you write down those two words. There is a little card for you to take note of everything. Uh, and then comes the fun part, right? You put your uh, your tinfoil hat, you go in your in your bunker, right? You bring your... Uh, you, you can do this without dice, but we built in this feature where you don't trust us uh, generating the entropy of your private keys. So you throw dice many, many times. It walks you through and it generates a seed based on the entropy you provided with your dice, uh, and then you're gonna, you know, uh, you're gonna write down those words as a backup. That's what you mean by that's what you mean by seed, right? It's a yes, word. It's twenty four. So words. you throw the dice, right? So I throw a dice. It hits number two. <clears throat> I put number two yes. in in the cold card. Little um, uh, like it looks like a little calculator, yes. and then it's gonna give me a word. Well, it's gonna give you the. It's gonna go through the process. Of, of, mm -hmm. of taking in, you can take 50 or you can take 99 rows. Essentially, 99 rows is the full entropy you need, right? And then it's going to mm -hmm. just give you the 24 words. Right. And then you write down all the 24 words in the little piece of paper that we provide. Uh -huh. uh, and then if you're doing this right, you're going to have a metal plate as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and in this metal plate, you're going to mark the four, four letters of each word with like a little punch uh, Drew press punch or whatever. Anyways, you can get this in our store, right? Right. So you use that metal card to punch in the first four letters of each word. Yes. Why do you do that? Why is it so important? Because let's say you have the backup of those words in your house and your house catches on fire. Fire burns mm -hmm. paper. Fire burns mm -hmm. cold cards, <laughs> right? <laughs> fire does not... A house fire should not be able to burn... A, a 300 series uh, steel plate. So you have a backup, right? And then uh, the last thing we advise is you use one of those industrial cards, industrial micro, D, uh, micro SD cards we have, and you make a digital backup as well. So you have a digital encrypted backup, you have the functioning code card, and you have your fireproof backup. Solid. <laughs> right? Right. Uh, all these this parts are fairly small and concealable too, right? So you can, I don't know, cement them in their wall. I don't know what you're going to do with them, <laughs> like bury under a lake. Um, uh, and then like you're ready, right? Now you can use another microSD card to generate a Electrum wallet uh, or a Wasabi wallet or whatever, where you take those to the computer. And so the computer knows 
which addresses to look for on the blockchain, right? For your balance. Uh, but it doesn't have the private key that's inside the cold card. So this is, I think, where a lot of people start like, huh? Like what? <laughs> what? I don't get it. Wait, I've got the device. And this is what I believed for, for a long time. Once, uh, once I had um, got the device, uh, I like, right, okay, all my Bitcoin's on there now. Uh, that's fine. It was as if I thought the Bitcoin was stored on yeah. the actual device. And I think there's a common misconception. So could you? Yeah, so we could. Actually, let's back up. Yeah. Let's back up. Why words? Why 24 words? People ask me that all the time. Oh, so is that just the amount of entropy? So um, the the BIP39 uh, is, is essentially a specification uh, to use 24 words to generate the master secret, which really is your private key. Your private key is hacks, right? It's a bunch of it's like it's it's it's, gar it's not human readable but because it's not human readable you can't really make a physical backup without a computer right it's it's going to be like a massive string and you're never going to be able to trans to, to translate that into a pen by hand without making a mistake so it's much better to just make that into human readable form and the minimum amount of words you need in a certain library with this, you know, the, all the correct specs is 24 words. That's why it's words. Okay. So you're armed now with your 24 words. You've got your, your little wallet and you want to um, move your Bitcoin, your sats from whatever exchange you're using onto the wallet, essentially, to yeah. take control of those. So there is one more good step to make, mm -hmm. uh, which is you use a passphrase on top of the 24 words. And this is nice because, you know, you can have this as backup separate from your actual backup. So you essentially have two backups uh, because if somebody gets hold of the backup, they can't find the funds because they still need those extra words. Mm -hmm. And so on code card, you go into a menu that says passphrase, and then you're going to have to type that every time you want to transact. And that could be anything you want. That that's it could be anything be, you want, or right. you can actually use words from the same list, which is good, because then you can have a second metal plate that's that's uh, compatible with that thirty four, sorry, the, the BIP thirty nine words, and you put put them here so that at least you have them separate somewhere else. I think listeners would string me up if I didn't ask you what BIP thirty nine sure. was. <laughs> so so BIP thirty nine is the is essentially the 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 BIP that specifies which word list is to make the twenty four words. So there is a few. It's not all the words of the dictionary. Those words were were picked specifically to use in any combination, providing the right amount of entropy, and they don't repeat in certain ways. So here's a cool a cool fact about BIP thirty nine. All the first four letters of the word list are unique. They don't repeat. Man, that's that's mad. Yeah. Okay. And what what does BIP stand for? BIP. It's a Bitcoin improvement proposal. Okay. So every time you want to create something for Bitcoin that is compatible with the original software, right? The Bitcoin Core, um, you can propose you make a proposal, you send to the mailing list, and you know if everybody's into it, it gets assigned a number. So it's going to be BIP, whatever number, right? And it's nice because then once this BIP is approved by everybody, it becomes a de facto standard. So if everybody follows that standard, everybody's software is compatible with that, which is really cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. Right, okay. So now we have the device. We've got our... And you, you use the... Um, the term seed phrase. Passphrase. Passphrase, seed phrase, or sure. private keys. These all mean the same thing, right? Yeah. So so you have the the, the yeah, you have the seed words. Let's call them seed words. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first 24 seed words. And then you can have the the extra words if you want to. That's optional, right? That's just extra security. Let's put it this way. And what's cool about those two is that you can have multiple wallets in the same wallet because you can just use different words. Imagine that if you want to derive the new wallet or the, the new addresses, right? If you're changing the secret, the addresses are going to be different. So that's what the passphrase does. 
But I recommend people reading that than us trying to explain on this on this part. I just wanted to put the passphrase there because it's an important it's an important security feature that people should use. Okay. Now connected to the exchange, I want to take the the Bitcoin off the exchange. What yes. are the steps that somebody would do there? So on cold on cold card, you're gonna put a micro SD card in, unless you want to use the USB, which I don't recommend. But let's say you use the micro SD. Uh, it, it's super simple. You go on the menu and you say export wallet. Okay. And you're going to pick. Do you want to use Electrum? Do you want to use Core? Do you want to use Wasabi? Or do you want to use a generic? Right. You pick the one you want. You press export to MicroSD. And then that's it. You have you have the essentially the, the configuration files that you need to generate that wallet on your computer. So let's say using Electrum. So you go and you just open the file in Electrum and magically it's all your deposit addresses are there. Hmm. So you can just deposit to it. And here's what's cool. Now it's separate, right? Address, which is the public information, is separate from the private information, which is your private key, your seed word. And they're never connected by any other means, like synchronously, synchronously, right? So there's no cable. Okay. So now let's let's say somebody um, is on, and I don't want to shill the company, but I'll use the name anyway because they seem to be the most most used. The dreaded Coinbase. If someone's on Coinbase and they want to take control of their coins off Coinbase and have it under their control on a cold card, what what steps would they go through for that? So super simple. You go in Electrum that has your cold card wallet in it, right? You copy the address, <laughs> you paste it on Coinbase, okay? The first time, though, I recommend sending just a dollar. What is it? Send very little, right? Just a few Satoshis, okay? You, you, you download into Electrum, right? You check, you got there. And then what you do is... You, you create a transaction in Electrum to say either pay your own self or to pay for something little, right? And then it's going to generate a file called PSBT file, partially side Bitcoin transaction. And you're going to save that to the microSD. You're going to put it into your code card and you're going to sign that transaction. And then you're going to take that SD out. You're going to put it on the computer and broadcast it, right? And then, you know, did the transaction show up where it needs to be? Everything, does the cycle is, is done, Right. Everything is primo. You can receive, you can send. Now here's what you do. You go into your code card and you destroy the seed. Okay? What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. Destroy. Yeah, you delete the seed from the code card. The code card is is done. Does not have your seed anymore. Of that transaction of the the, the few Satoshis? Completely. Code card is not... Completely. So those 24 words that you rolled gone. the dice for 99 gone. times, gone, gone. completely. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then here's what you do. You go, you get your backup, mm-hmm. okay? You re-import your words now into the code card. Mm-hmm. Because here's what's important. You need to make sure your backup is good. <laughs> <laughs> right. right? Okay. Yeah. So once you load those words again on code card... Theoretically, you're all good, right? So send another little bit, try to sign it again because it's the same words. You don't need to export the wallet or anything anymore, whatever, right? It's all set. So you just try to sign another transaction. If it signs, you know you're good, man. You you verified your backup. You verified you can send and receive. You're all set now, right? You can go bury your backup under, under a mountain. You know, uh, you can put your, your encrypted backup somewhere a little bit more accessible so you never have to go and bury your backup. Um, and, um, and and you're good to go. Then life is easy now. Uh, I think yeah. one, another common question I get asked or common misconception is, um, but what if I lose my device? People ah. seem to be more worried about losing their device than their words. But, you know, we'll, we'll go down both rabbit holes. Let's say, ah, goddamn, I don't know where the hell that thing's gone. I just, you know, I I thought I put it in a drawer and it's gone. No idea. So so if you have the electronic backup that cold card can create for you on a micro SD, it's like two minutes, right? 
you buy a new code card, you stick the backup in, you just un unencrypt it with the 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 keys, and you then you're in business again. Okay, uh, and that's very useful, especially if you break it, right? Let's say you know your kid runs over with his you know with, with like a little toy car or whatever, right? Um, however, if you don't know where the device that's lost is, you should essentially create a new seed and move the funds out as soon as possible. Because, you know, even though cold card is fairly securely, like physically secure, given, given enough resources, anything is breakable, right? It just buys you time, essentially. Um, so, and another nice thing is if you have a passphrase, good luck to them, right? But it doesn't mean you shouldn't move. You should... You, 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 the rule about, at least to me, the, the rule about encryption keys is if you lose possession of them, you essentially need new ones. That's it. So you, you might have to do the whole process again. But at least no money was lost, right? Which is big deal here. Yeah, exactly. And this is what um, scares a lot of people, the just the, the writing down 24 words. So... so this is one of those things that I feel like people are scared of this because they just never done it. Okay, w once you do it, uh, so uh, the guys from, um, uh, what's the name? Citadel something. So so Matt Odell and, uh, and those guys, uh, they have this amazing tutorial. They have in-person classes too, but they have this amazing tutorial on how to do this whole process step by step, like everything written down as if you if you did not know what you're doing. The whole process from opening the bag to checking firmware, checking keys, backups, restoring backups, everything. It's all there. I highly, highly recommend reading that. Um, okay. I'll, I will find it and, uh, and put it in the show notes. Did I have um, YouTube videos as well, or was it just... Um... I don't think they have YouTube videos yet. Um, we, we are making YouTube videos of each feature, but we don't have one from like beginning to end. Maybe we should do that. Um, and, and it's so tough to do beginning to end videos because like each person is going to have slightly different variations on the whole setup. Yeah. I don't think I could sit through you rolling a dice 99 times, man. Yeah, I think that would right. be pretty good. <laughs> um, so, what's interesting is like, why do we go to that extent? You don't have to use that feature, by the way, right? You can still right. check our code and, and maybe trust it, right? But, you know, when you're talking about like people's sort of like wealth, like they're, they're, they're big money, Right, mm. I don't want them trusting me. <laughs> I don't want them trusting anything. Right, I want to like really push this on people. People need to take take charge, and trust the least as possible. It's a lot better sleep. Yeah, it really is. It truly is. Um, yeah, it is. But then it isn't, if you know what I mean. Yeah, once no, you I have know. control of it, once you have control in it, and and you're like, oh shit. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose this thing in a boating accident, or like you said, the uh, you know the the house is gonna burn down, or I'm yeah. gonna forget where I put the keys, um, the the words. Uh, but you're right; it's only because we haven't done this before that people are finding this so alien. We're so used to giving trust over to yep. these faceless corporations that just don't care about us one bit. Like you know, <laughs> not not one bit. No, it's like extreme ownership. Right, has a cost. But like, but think about it this way, right? Um, let's say, you know, we're in the middle of a financial meltdown. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Well, try going to the bank and getting your savings out. They're going to say no. <laughs> and then let's say you manage to, what? You're going to walk out of the bank with two duffel bags of cash. What are you going to do with that? Right? Are you going to buy like an appropriately expensive safe to put in your house? Right? And what, like, go to higher security? Right? Gold is the same problem and it's heavy. Right? So, like, it's not like, at least if Bitcoin is light, it's easy, you can have extra secrets so you can't be coerced. Right? There's a lot of advantages. And that's why so many people are moving on to this. Yeah. The value is there. 
Now let's talk about this. Let's hammer this point home for people that are listening um, about why it's so critically important to take your coins off of an exchange or out of like um, a third party wallet um, that you've you've used to like perhaps you've used your card to buy and um, it's just sitting on an app on your phone. Um, can you can you hammer that home? Yeah, sure. So. So here, there's a myriad of problems, right? Beginning with is just an IOU. <laughs> so if they go away, well, money's gone, right? Um, and then, and then there is other issues here, right? One is they can lose your personal information, right? And now people know where you live and how much money you have. Kind of not great, right? And it happens all the time. And then there is the issue of you know them not wanting to have your money back. No, you can't have it. You know, we, we think you're a terrorist or whatever. Boom, they're not going to give it to you. Uh, then there is the issue of privacy of each of your coins, right? I mean, some will have segregated coins, some won't. That depends on the system, but um, there is that issue. Uh, and then let's say that there is a fork on the network or something, right? Maybe they want to be, you know, be cashers or something, right? They want to take a fork. So now you don't have control over which network your money follows. So that's a biggie. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's mostly, you know, like the, 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 sovereign, the sovereignship of, of, of the money that, that is yours. If it is yours, then you control. Um, I think, I think it, it, listen, you know, if you want to keep little bits here and there, if you want to keep someone the exchange to trade, if you're going to, you know, have spending money on some wallet, whatever, it's not great. But hey, you know, you have to find compromises to be practical, right? But uh, but keeping your wealth, you know, in, on somebody else's bag is a problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's, I mean, how did you, how did you find Bitcoin? Like, you know, what led you to this space originally? Uh, it was the 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 slash dot article, like in uh, I think what 20, 2010, around that time. Uh, it you know it, it seemed interesting and insane. <laughs> That's it. It's like you know like this is never gonna work kind of deal, right? Like if anybody in those days thought it was going to work, they're lying. And you just carried on following it from, yeah, from that point? Yeah, you know, sort of back and forth, you know, kind of like looking here, coming back, you know, like there were other things going on. Then I built a, a project for it uh, to try to understand it. And then, you know, and then sort of another project. And then, oh, yeah, well, you know what? Like, this is pretty cool. It's going to be money for real, right? And, well, let's make Bitcoin terminals, payment terminals and debit cards. And, you know, it was a bit too early and... Uh, and, and then, you know, we created sort of like a wallet system online for people to 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 be able to deposit, transact, and do all kinds of stuff, and and sort of you know sort of along those lines. And then we created Open Dime. Uh, you know, it's sort of like a it's like a physical Bitcoin that's trust minimized. Um, you probably have played with one of those, you know, those those little Bitcoin sticks. Yeah. So for the um, listeners, uh, it just looks like a little USB key, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and those are for you to make transactions with full privacy and, and, and you know, it's trust minimized between the two parties as well. Um, those were fun. And then eventually we, you know, we closed the, 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 the wallet as a service business back then. And we're like, hey, you know, we, we need a harder wallet. <laughs> and uh, so we created that. We created a cold card. What year was that? Uh, for which? <laughs> for cold card. Uh, I think Cold Card is coming right about three years old now. Right. Uh, Open Dime is about uh, six years old, maybe four years old, something like that. Uh, CoinKite is old. Uh, I think was uh, I think we launched in twenty twelve. So CoinKite is which that's that's our company, right? That has that makes Open Dime, makes Cold Card. So CoinKite right. actually. Who knows? Maybe some of your viewers have seen it. Well, not that they're going to see because we're not recording video, but uh, maybe you have. We made these debit cards way back in the day. No, I've never seen that. Yeah, so right. there were there were about like uh, there were a few hundred locations around the world with actual payment debit terminals. Uh, a lot of them in Europe, uh, and and these are actually Bitcoin based. 
this, this debit cards. And, and you could go and, and pay like you use Visa, but Bitcoin. No way. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, that, and that seems like really early to have. It have was been a little doing... too early. Let's yeah. put it this way. <laughs> a little too early. So, uh, is that, do you think you'll come back to that at some no. stage? No. No. So, uh, Android phones, which are now used for most to make debit machines and to to make like in payments and stuff like that, or you know, even iPhones now with RFID payments and stuff. None of that stuff existed. Right. So to do Bitcoin, uh, you had to do either QR codes, right? Or there was really no other way in person to do stuff. There was no touch RFID yet for phones or so so making a debit machine and a debit card for Bitcoin made sense. Uh, I don't think they make sense anymore. Now it's just memorabilia. <laughs> Put it in the Bitcoin museum. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so the um the open dime things I think are very cool. You can buy them um preloaded and hand them out to your friends or your family, right? Uh, that's uh, no, kind of we the don't idea. we don't sell Bitcoin. So they they're not preloaded. Oh they're not? Okay. No. And they're trust minimized too. So when you get them, you stick them in a computer. They don't have a private key in them. Uh you actually have to provide some entropy. You have to drop any file. And then he uses that as part of the entropy to generate a private key inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then you can use those so you, then you deposit money and you can use it as payment. Right. Okay. So you can deposit a few like satoshis on there, and then go out and use that to pay for stuff. Yeah. Well, you give the open dime to the person. Right. Okay. It's like physical payment. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> what's um What's next? Do you think like th- th- there's got to be some some kind of trick up your sleeve? Can you talk about it? Or you, yeah, I mean, think? you know, we we develop things fairly in public ish. Uh, we we made the block clock. We're we're making now a cheaper version of that. Um, that's that's going to be out soon. Hope it's just taking a little longer because of COVID supply chain delays in terms of like R and D. Um, we're making another device that will probably go alongside Code Card. Uh, you know, you, and we'll have like sort of like more more UI features. That are a little bit easier to use and that kind of stuff, you know, with all set of compromises kind of thing. Um, you know, we're always sort of trying to to invent stuff that doesn't exist, really. Like that's that's more fun. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, right now it's sort of like the two main things we're working on is the block clock mini and the and the the this next device that that it's still sort of taking shape uh, to to make sort of multi-sig easier to make you know everything easier really and i gotta ask what's your feel for you know the next couple of years you know we've had the halving now and i you know as usual the the halving is always going to disappoint everybody for the first few months and then in a few months after that you have a bull run i mean you know if bitcoin does its thing that's what happens Uh, i just think that the tails are going to get a lot fatter and a lot longer so you know, I think like so, especially like the ripples are are like much wider. So you know, so there's, there's like this little stable bearish thing stays much longer uh, before the next bull run, and and you know, in the money go up, in the number go up technology, right? Um, th- there is no, I mean, I'm a huge believer that's like Bitcoin is either moon or zero, right? There is no other place to go. Really, because see, if Bitcoin doesn't moon, then something else will come about with better features that's going to be worth more, and that would take a lot more security from Bitcoin, right? Because the incentive that keeps Bitcoin secure is money. Bitcoin is profit driven, right? Um, so, so there is that. Um, so you know, it's uh, I, I think. You know, it's either go up or or bust, uh, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> it makes it a lot more interesting. <laughs> you know, it's really cool because there is a lot more more solutions coming to Bitcoin, right? There's going to be more sort of different set of compromises, right? You're going to have like multi-sig services that are a little bit more user-friendly than they were in the past. You're going to have more financialization of Bitcoin. Uh, you're going to have a lot more stable coins on Liquid Network runs on top of Bitcoin. Uh, 
you know, Lightning is going to pick up more and offer more stuff on payments. Um, I think it's uh, it's sort of like how the internet was in the beginning, right? Like, I mean, everybody promised me I was going to be to be able to do groceries thirty years ago, right? Took it took uh, <laughs> it took thirty years to have groceries on the internet yeah, properly done. Yeah. It takes forever for a lot of the stuff to happen, and, and I think people don't appreciate that. It feels like it's all happening right now, right? Because you know we're in we're in it. We're in the computer club, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, people outside of the computer club don't care about computers, right? They just want to sort of send a memo to the office, right? So until we get to that point, it's it's always going to be like this, right? The cycles of, of interest, disinterest, interest, disinterest. You know, I think like AI has been having cycles since the 1950s, right? It's like, it's, you know, look at space. I mean, you know, space was essentially dead uh, technology-wise, right, for 30 years as well, right? Since the, the 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 space shuttle program was sort of like kind of terminated, right? I mean, the, the Russians are still using the Soyuz. <laughs> you know, like, and, and then comes this crazy guy, right? Who makes, you know, starts making rockets, you know, what is it, five, 10 years? It's like, you know, like sending cars to space. It, it, it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's just, it's, uh, you have to work within the cycles of interest of society, right? And and that's how these markets work. Um, I think, I think Bitcoin is going to get very boring. Uh, and, and, you know, and a lot of things gets built. That's why I love the bear cycles, right? That's when you get everything done, right? Build a lot of things, invent things, get things done without drama, and then, you know, interest comes again, right? And then it's like, you can't get anything done. Everybody's just screaming about the price. The world is insane, right? Um, and, uh, you know, and we have that fun stock to flow model too. That's always keeps, it gives people hope. Uh, it's always fun to watch. Uh, I have no opinions about any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like reading tea leaves. You know, like it's just, it's going to do what it's going to do. Have you seen like an, an uptick of interest in like uh, whether it's your particular wallet um, that you offer or just like the hardware wallet space in particular? Do you think there's there's more people with this intent now? Yeah. So we're seeing a lot more people interested in holding their Bitcoins and their Bitcoins only uh, because everybody learned that shit coins are for trading. <laughs> there's no point in holding all that crap because you're going to be laughed at the bag. Uh, we're seeing a ton of people moving, like like people who are Ethereum people buying Bitcoin only hardware. Uh, so I think those guys see the writing on the wall too. Uh, we 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 do see some noobs, uh, especially for for Open Dime, uh, but you know we, we don't we don't market to to noobs or any of that stuff, right? It's it's. Uh, we have a lot of them using it, but it's not like something we actively pursue. Um, we we make products for people who are ready. <laughs> you know, when you're ready to be soft sovereign, you know, then you go to our store and you buy our stuff. And what do you feel like? Because when like uh, um, hedge funds come in, or um, sovereign wealth funds, or big. Uh, brokerage houses or, uh, you know, family offices, people like that. Are they, I, what, what I fear is they're just coming in by and large and just leaving stuff on exchanges or are they taking that, that next step and getting a hardware wallet or are they just going straight to gray, grayscale Bitcoin trust? Or, you know, yeah, it depends. It's a mix of everything. But like what I find is a lot of uh, uh, LP partners, Right. So like all the partners in a hedge fund all have Bitcoin. They just don't have hedge they just don't have Bitcoin on the books mm. of the hedge fund. Right. Because they don't want to go through the all the bullshit of getting that stuff in to just invest, you know, like, you know, a few tens of millions of dollars, right? Like what is the hedge fund gonna do with fifty million dollars? Like nothing, right? For for a real hedge fund. So, you know, those guys who all personally buy, you know one to say $50 million each worth of Bitcoin and they'll have it on their personal sort of investments. Uh, and those guys, a lot of them will have a harder wallet, will do all that stuff, right? 
Uh, those guys understand. And, and, and a lot of those guys also love gold too, right? These are people who have gold in their vaults, actual gold, right? Because they know how fickle the market is. Um, it, you know, that's also true for some family offices. It's also true for some, like, I, I, the sovereign market is a whole different story, right? It's, it's even a whole different figure too. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, but then the hedge fund itself, they want to take a position, they will often take a position on a ETF of sorts, right? Or whatever we have now as a interim solution for an ETF, right? Like a grayscale or whatever. Because, you know, th those guys have enough pool that they can sue grayscale, right? Like, you know, these funds are not good for the little guy because the little guy is the last person to get paid in the lineup of creditors, right? When shit goes south. Uh, but if you're a big guy, you, you know, you get paid. So it kind of makes sense, right? Why are they going to go through all the complication of self-sovereignty for that stuff? If, you know, if, if their, their job is to flip stuff anyways, they don't, they don't even take possession of gold, right? In their gold positions. So why are they going to do a Bitcoin? It's just, I, I think that's the best way of looking at this stuff. Like you look at the people who take possession of the gold, they would probably be taking possession of the Bitcoin. It's it's impossible to tell. That's the beauty of Bitcoin, right? We don't know really what's going on. No, exactly. Okay, man. Well, we'll we'll wrap this up because uh, I think it's been really really helpful for people to learn about hardware wallets and taking um, self custody and um, you know furthering their journey into the rabbit hole. But before we do, I want to ask um, you know a question about if you had one red pill left to give to someone. Who would you give that person? Who would you give that pill to, and why? Someone that could reach many millions, perhaps, and and, and uh, help spread the word. And I don't know. I feel like we scream about Bitcoin all day on Twitter, so it's kind of like <laughs> I'm I'm running out of people to like give those pills to. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's uh, it's kind of funny, but uh, I think. I think if we can get, you know, uh, somebody that can convert a lot of people who, who could take advantage of, and are in a position of taking advantage of Bitcoin, right? Because, you know, Bitcoin is not for poor people. Not right now. It really isn't, right? Like maybe a stable coin, but like Bitcoin can't help you if you don't have money, right? Your problem is money, not Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that, you know, if we can help... Uh, like, uh, you know, maybe people that are less wealthy that are sort of like really beholden to to very fickle financial institutions, you know, in a developed country, I think we're going to do much better than trying to sort of preach Bitcoin in Africa. You can't fix the money for the people who don't have the money to begin with, right? So, uh, so yeah, so that's sort of like what I think could be helped. I don't have a name. <laughs> 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 well, it's a great answer, though. And um, yeah, I think sometimes we get caught up in that narrative uh, of what you just described. And um, you're right. It, it it isn't ready. We're still so young. And yeah. we've still got such a long way to go. Um, and it's just uh, really exciting to be part of this space and humbling to get to speak to people like you that are building such amazing um, tools to to facilitate, um, you know, the, the the march forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're just making what people want. <laughs> <laughs> and what people well, need. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's what people need, right? I mean, we're just following what people ask. You know, it's it's not that complicated, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, we really appreciate the customers we have. It's, uh, it's I, I think it's we're very lucky to be in this space, right? There isn't a lot of spaces where... You can one say whatever you want, and your customers don't go crucify you on the media, right? I mean, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just very lucky to be able to 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 run this and and have the kind of fun that we do doing it. It's uh, yeah, it's special. Excellent. Well, thanks, NVK. Um, where can people um, come and find more about you and um, and your services and your products? Um, you can find me on Twitter at NVK. Um, you can find uh, our products and everything we make on coinkite.com, coincite, codecardwallet.com, opendime.com, 
and there is another probably 10.coms, but you know, uh, Twitter is not a bad place to find us. Uh, if you find one of our websites, you can probably find the others. Um, when you're ready uh, to, to take sort of ownership, extreme ownership of your stuff, um, people are very helpful uh, with our products. We have a very good user group on Telegram. Uh, it's also, it's like linked from many places, but I believe it's Telegram. Uh, the, the group URL is, uh, well, slash cold cart. Uh, there is about, uh, almost a thousand people there and, uh, they all help each other. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Just, you know, uh, find us on the internet. Excellent. Well, thanks again for, uh, for the time today and, um, for everything you're doing. Well, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I hope you and uh, hope you enjoyed that show with uh, NVK, and I hope now that uh, you have a more rounded knowledge about um, what it means to to own one of these hardware wallets, how they work, why they're important, um, why they why they came to be, and um, you know how to use them. Uh, you know there are uh, several different products out there, so go do your research, go find out which one might be best for you. Um, and then start this journey if you haven't already. If you've if you just if you've got some Bitcoin and it is on an exchange, I really would, you know, I'd love for you to get them off there. <laughs> As NVK explains, you know, that's just an IOU Bitcoin. If you've just got them sitting on an exchange or in like a, a third party wallet, that is an IOU to the Bitcoin that you think you bought when you exchanged your your fiat money. So go the extra step, get online, go to one of these companies, order directly from the company, directly from their website, and then start learning this next phase. And this is a really important one because if one of these exchanges gets hacked, which happens a lot, you'd have heard about Mt. Gox a few times probably on different uh, podcasts. They were an exchange that were hacked and everybody lost their Bitcoin. It's like a, a bank account gets hacked, clears out your bank account. The bank is still, you know, they're, they're going to, they should pay you back their money unless the bank goes completely bankrupt and then you're left with nothing. And then insurance will pay you a little bit, not all of it, whatever it is in your country. Um, with With Bitcoin, if an exchange is hacked or the company goes bust for whatever reason, some bad actors, who knows, then, you know, there's, that's that. It's, it's not protected. The, the protection is you. It's you stepping up to the plate, ordering one of these things, one of these wallets, and sitting down with a beer or a glass of wine and just learning about it, get it working, write down your, your 24 words, and just take control. Take control of that that money and that Bitcoin. It's so important. You hear it all the time. Everybody says, not your keys, not your coins. This is what we're talking about. If you don't have one of these devices and the 24 words, they're your keys or your seed phrase, then you don't actually have the coins that you've worked so hard to get. So don't leave it to chance. Step up and, um, and make... Uh, make the investment um, in yourself. So I'll leave it with that. And um, don't forget, head over to um, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten, set up your weekly auto buys, um, and then take them off the exchange. (laughs) You know, Uh, Obi won't um, uh, um, regret me saying that because he is uh, pure Bitcoin through and through, and he knows the Bitcoin is safer with you They'll look after it as best they can. They are very, very diligent. They're the only audited company out there. Every month they um, they, they prove the Bitcoin that they hold in the Bitcoin. They're not fractionally reserving anything. But still, it's so important that you then take that off. Um, and the same with Swan in the US. If you're US-based, swanbitcoin.com. Set up your um, your auto buys, but then, then start getting down the rabbit hole and taking that, that uh, control. So thanks as always guys for listening and um, look forward to um, any shout outs or, um, or retweets or banter on Twitter and uh, take care look forward to the next show
Bye-bye.